Welcome to Immersive Talks. This is Palmer Foote from Bigfoot Music and Sound hosting episodes with Jump Into the Light around the connection between immersive technologies and the human condition. I want to give a few shout outs. Firstly, to Jump Into the Light, a virtual reality arcade where anyone can experience immersive gaming, art, and the latest technology. You can find out more at jumpintothelight.nyc. Mihao and Royal from Jump help produce this podcast and find incredible guests to be interviewed. I'm a commercial and freelance music producer, and ever since experiencing a meditation garden in VR, my worldview changed. I'm interested in seeing how immersive technology influences traditional concepts of community building and idea proliferation. This episode, I get to speak with Carrie Abel, a multidisciplinary artist who has a residency at Jump Into The Light. Here, she's working on an original album where the viewer experiences her music amidst an immersive painting. She will be performing at South by Southwest this year at the Alternate Dimension Showcase in downtown Austin. Find her at carrieable.com and her first album on Spotify goes by the same name. Carrie, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for having me. It's so nice to, to be here with you on a Tuesday at Jump Into the Light. It was really nice today, actually. Yeah, 61. 61 degrees. degrees. Yeah. It was springtime. Um, can you give us a little bit of background on who you are and where you come from and how you got to New York? Sure. Um, I've been here for about 10 years. Um, I moved to the East Village in 2010 from Hawaii, um, but I've lived a lot of different places. I wasn't there. That was just where I was previously. Um, and then after living in the East Village for five years, I've been in Brooklyn now for five years. Um, so I love it. I don't think I'll, I, I like to travel, but I think it's definitely home. Nice. Mm-hmm. Have you lived in one part of Brooklyn the whole time or a couple of different parts? Yeah, I've been in uh, Lefferts Garden. So it's, if you know where that is, it's like uh, about a five minute walk south of the Brooklyn Museum, five mm-hmm. to 10 minutes. Cool. Yeah. You're a multidisciplinary artist. And how did you get into drawing? Uh, my mom has the joke that I came out with a paintbrush. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I, she says I've been, before I could talk, I was drawing. Uh, so I don't really remember a time that I wasn't. Would you, would you paint as well? I think once I had the materials, but, you know, I mean, it's easier to find a pencil and paper, I think, when you're, you know, our, I know my earliest memory um, from when I first started was my mom, when she would be holding me, whenever she was on the phone, she would always doodle. And no one in my family is an artist really except for me, but um, I can just remember just being fascinated, just like watching. And so then I would try and like, as soon as I could, I would try and grab it from her and then do it myself. So. Cool. <laughs> and you, uh, you're here at Jump Into the Light as a resident artist on mm-hmm. Tuesdays, right? Yeah. And what kinds of projects do you work on here? Um, so what I'm working on now is going to be um, towards the end of the year, what I want to have completed. I'm working on my um, second music album with this really talented producer, um, Ambi. Uh, and uh, I want to have in conjunction with the uh, new album, a painting, a VR painting that's sound responsive for um, each of the songs. And then we want to have, um, I'll make 
videos of inside of the um, album for the duration of the song so that people that don't ever really get to experience it in person that will have that release also on the same day uh, and then have like a performance the same night as like showing showcasing and having the release all the same day. So that's kind of probably going to be towards the, I would imagine, probably not all going to be completed until October or November. Wow, what a vision. <laughs> So each of the songs will have a different painting? Right, right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. In, are any of the paintings interactive? So I had kind of thought about doing that when I first started my residency here, but um, I've shown uh, my VR paintings at um, in a couple different shows, and um, uh, I got to take one of them to, um, to show at the— uh, National Museum in North Carolina uh, last fall. And my instinct was that people, it was going to be so new to them to make something where they had to also respond to it was going to be just too much. And, uh, you know, I mean, it seems like a great idea when we're here and we're surrounded with people that already know what it is. And it's like, oh, like we should, like, uh, I think one of Mihao's ideas was you should put a tiny little poem like inside and make people look for it and find it. And I was like, that's a great idea, but they're like this first showing people are just going to be blown away just by viewing it. So, mm -hmm. um, I think right now, uh, it's, I mean, it's enough for them to just view the piece, uh, and maybe in the future, but I think right now, I think it would be too much for some time for some people. Yeah. How did you come to manage and work the tools for for making a VR piece? Um, it was it was all pretty intuitive to me, I think. I mean, I pretty much just... Um, so I met Nyan and, and f was how I first got involved. And then he was familiar with my work and then also knew that I'm a pretty big nerd uh, with computers and stuff. So he was like, I bet that you'll just love it if you just get thrown in. So I never really had an explanation, but um, just kind of messed around for, I would say, like, a good four different times for an, an hour or so each. And then mm. um, and then I felt like I had kind of taught myself enough um, of the tools that it could be more intuitive with the creation. Um, I One thing I wanted to make sure that I was doing was not just— um, and this I think this goes for the design world as well, like, that— you know, I didn't want to discover a really cool tool or something and then use it just because of that. I wanted to be aware of everything that was available and then just have it come to me naturally that this is suited for, you know, this piece. When you're making art in general, what's the what's the process that you go through to to make a piece that you're happy with? Well, I think I think having lots of multiple uh, outlets is. Uh, really conducive to um, creativity. Um, I say this, I was just saying this to a friend yesterday, that I, I kind of think that creativity is like a cat, like where if you just lunge for it, it's going to run away from you. But as soon as you're involved in something else, then it will just come sit on you. Um, so like having, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, so it, creativity is a cat. So like if you have lots of different outlets, then, you know, this happens to me all the time where I'm, you know, working on an oil painting and I'll write a full song in literally 30 seconds. You know, I mean, the words just come out just immediately without really thinking about it. And mm -hmm. um, and then the same goes for, you know, all the other mediums. So I think just uh, 
I think kind of in the world we live in, people think about time as being this like finite thing that if you're doing one type of thing, it must be taking away from this other practice. Whereas I think with creativity, it just causes more of that. So, um, so for me, that's really important. And so that being said, this is a long answer, but um, I think everything for me kind of starts with a general feeling or an environment or creating. Um, and then from creating this sort of general environment that it uh, will, I'll start to see details in that. So um, like if that's a song, maybe I, you know, I just have kind of like a mood that I'm going for, like a, fe- a feeling. And then once I, you know, create some some pieces um, that go with that, um, then I start to refine that. And the same with the VR and same with um, painting. Uh, but I would say that mostly it's all very... Um, stream of conscious for me, for sure. So when you're working on an oil painting, does the smell or any, any you know, what, what is this, has, has a smell ever triggered something for you? A migraine, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, like, I got to be careful with the oil because, yeah, it definitely can give me a headache. But um, uh, I think, I think that it, it can trigger things for me, like, um, sounds can trigger colors. And I think, um, I actually have a really bad sense of smell. So I would say smell is not really one for me. Um, but definitely, um, uh, I think my, my sense of sound and, and, and visually, I think are, they're probably stronger because I have a bad sense of smell. Um, so I think those are really informative for me and they also are, um, crossed. So, uh, you know, I definitely, uh, feel colors when I hear something, if that makes sense. When you're working in VR um, and XR and AR and, and things like that, you, you're sort of extending, putting a filter on your senses in new ways, it seems like. Um, how do you find that the audio-visual relationship takes place in VR? Oh, it's, for me, it's one of the most exciting things, I think, about um, about doing VR art it, because it's, it's one of the few mediums I've experienced where people will say, they, they don't experience it and think, oh, so you're a musician and a painter. You know, it's like, it just makes sense to them that it's all one piece. It's very obviously all one piece and it all collaborates and goes together. And and it's also, I think, pretty evident that it's made by the same person. So um, I think that's what I love about it the most. And some of my really good friends after seeing the a VR painting of mine for the first time, just laughed and said, oh my gosh, it's like stepping inside your brain. I love it, mm, you know? And so I think awesome. it's it's such a great, and the other thing I think that's really great about it too is, um, is yeah, just the, the fact that it's, you know, immersive. And if, you know, you wanted to show, um, you know, this piece in Berlin or something, you know, I mean, like there's a way, there's a very easy way to do that and to share um, it with people and they can experience it exactly how you intended to, you know. You're bringing a piece of music into VR or are you creating the VR piece and the music and the visuals all at once? I think they kind of seem to be, for the ones that I've done thus far, um, they've been created at the same time. So like within about the same time and they just have demos now for the pe- like to be able to show them. So um but not to say that, you know, they don't inform each other or that one doesn't happen first, but it doesn't feel like it's um, in response. It feels like it's more like created in a similar period. What does collaboration look like for you? 
So, yeah, one of the things that I think I really love about music, because I've only been, like I was saying earlier, I've only been playing guitar for three and a half years, um, is that, you know, being a a visual artist is very solitary. And um, uh, just like the nature of music is that it's very collaborative. And so Mm -hmm. it's just, I'm just really excited about, um, you know, my my first album that I put out was uh, a solo acoustic album. And I think partially because, I mean, I'm, I'm, so bizarre with my music that like I it's it's taken me to this point I think to um find people that really understand what I'm doing and um and so it's I'm really excited about working with this producer because she also explains to me a lot of things that I don't even know that I'm doing um so um kind of what she uh has has broken down to me with me about my music is that it's um, very intricate and um, that most people that, to be able to enjoy something they need to, their brain needs to be able to predict the music half the time and they need to be surprised half the time and so she's like you know the fact that my work is so esoteric it takes like a really smart person to actually enjoy it and so um, I'm really excited about she's going to be writing um, contributing writing as well on the album and mm. um, and so she's going to be doing additional parts to um, my vocals and guitar and she's just basically making it more um, enjoyable for more people. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that there's more parts that will be, you know, pre- predictable. So for me, like that's, it's so exciting to think about um, creating something with this person that I have a lot of respect for. And I'm, and I just makes me think, well, I must not be terrible if somebody that I think is this amazing is like believes in me and also wants to make art with me, you know? So she's, uh, been Grammy recognized for her production. And then she also has her own, um, uh, music that she does, um, and she writes um, for artists as well. Um, and I mean, that's her, yeah, full time thing. I know female uh, music producers are pretty rare, so I'm kind of excited to be uh, working with one. You said before having this piece shown all over the place, mm-hmm. you want people to just be able to to get it and to a certain on a on a certain level. You know, you don't want them to have to try too yeah. hard and be like too dissuaded by it. Um, so has that kind of um, relatability come into the VR I, or well, change the, you know, change the art? I think it, it definitely, the you know, collaborating and thinking about that definitely inspired, I'm always inspired by the other things that I'm doing. But I think that with um, the <clears throat> audio being um, immersed in the VR, I think that when people know that they're experiencing an art piece, it makes them, the kind of people that are going to come see um a cutting edge art piece are already going to be probably more open to new ideas. And so um, for them, it, they recognize that it's avant-garde music, you know, but um, so I think that it, it, it exists in a way um, in the art piece where it doesn't really, it's not really asking to be understood by everyone. Um, But I think having her explain that to me, um, I would like for more people to, uh, you know, be able to enjoy it. And um, and one of the funniest things she said to me was that um, she could try to make my music as commercial as possible and it would still be very weird and very me. <laughs> what do you think that the future of VR holds here at Jump Into The Light and, and outside of Jump Into The Light? I'm pretty excited about um, 
you know, being able to involve and show, um, you know, work to, like, I just saw this um, this great ad um, for for a, a game controller a couple days ago um, during the Super Bowl um, that, is for, you know, disabled children and how when they're playing a game, they feel just like all the other kids. And so, you know, I think that there has been criticism in VR being like, oh, it's isolating. And, you know, like the picture of like the dad ignoring all of his family because he's in the VR. And I'm like, I'm sure that that's going to be the case in some situations. But what I get excited about are, like we were discussing earlier about having, um, you know, health issues um, as a child that, um, you know, I mean, I can just remember being alone, even when you have a family that cares about you. I mean, you, you, I remember just being alone for just so much time. And so I think, you know, if there's a way that, um, you know, for people that maybe are already isolated, that I think that that's where the most exciting um, thing with VR and AR is going to be is, is making people, you know, feel connected and feel like they have capabilities, feel like they can visit places that maybe they couldn't. Um, and then, you know, I think with art, it's, it's so exciting to be able to, um, you know, sculpt without gravity and like, right. um, just, you know, I, I think the possibilities are pretty endless. I think that the, uh, the rest of the world needs to just kind of like catch up. I think eventually, like as things become more, um, you know, accessible, like just how, you know, iPhones became the norm. I think that once, um, you know, the technology where it becomes something where it's a household thing that people can afford. And then I also think that for, as far as VR art, um, we just, um, I just part partnered with this um, blockchain company called um, Portion IO, and um, I I'm really excited about it because I I really trust them and think that they really have the artists in mm. mind. Um, and I and one of the things that they talk about is like digital scarcity. I think that as art, once um, once there's the ability to purchase. Um, work or collect work and people trust and know that, okay, this is an addition of five or th there's only one of these. I think that that mm. that's something that I think that digital art will just take off. And I'm also really excited about that for um, music too. Like that, you know, I mean, in the last, you know, two decades where, you know, royalties have plummeted. I think that, you know, there's this sense of if people feel like they really own the music and artists have yeah. more control... I just think that it's going to help art so much once that becomes more mainstream. Thank you so much for coming through and talking about your projects and spending some time at Jump Into the Light and uh, in the podcast studio. Okay, thank you for having me. Brought to you by Bigfoot Music and Sound and Jump Into the Light. If you want to reach out to Bigfoot for commercial music interests and post-production needs, including podcasts, original music and sound, sound design, and much more, contact yo at b-i-g-f-o-o-t-e dot com. If you're interested in developing your VR and AR content, contact hello at jumpintothelight.nyc.